Riga Conference Podcast brought to you by Latvian Transatlantic Organization. Good morning. Uh, today, uh, it's my pleasure to open uh, one of the side events for the annual Riga Conference 2021 uh, together uh, with the professor Stan Rinning, uh, who uh, is uh, working at the Department of War Studies, uh, uh, Department of Political Science uh, at the University of Southern Denmark, who is uh, also a senior fellow of uh, Danish Institute for Advanced Studies. Good morning, Stan. Good morning. Uh, today we have the possibility to discuss a couple of important challenges that are relating to the transatlantic relations. Um, and this conference, the Riga conference, has primar- primarily questioned the security situation uh, around the Baltic states, Baltic Sea re- region in Europe, and also the transatlantic relations. And there are a couple of factors that are pulling and, and holding the transatlantic relationships. Uh, after the, uh, the election of President Biden, we were all expecting this relationship would be closer. But a couple of years in his presidency, we are debating a couple of substantial challenges uh, for all of us, for Europeans and for Americans. And one of those challenges that uh, um, has brought us together actually was uh, Afghanistan and I submission there. Uh, today we are debating multiple uh, uh, challenges with Afghanistan since the United States had uh, announced its willingness to depart from Afghanistan. And it was not just President Biden. Uh, before him, uh, Donald Trump, before him, President Obama, and before him, even Bush Jr., uh, the president who actually started this campaign by leading the allies to Afghanistan. Um, Stan, would you be so kind as to elaborate this situation a little bit, the state of the events, and how does it look from your perspective, from Danish perspective, from Northern European perspective? What are the challenges that this uh, departure from Afghanistan has uh, uh, um, delivered uh, to to us uh, in Europe, especially? I think, first of all, we have to um, we have to be frank about what happened, and it was a defeat and it was a failure of our policy uh, and we uh, we had not planned to leave and we had not planned to leave with the government falling uh, and so it 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 speaks to uh, our limits in uh, in conducting big crisis management nation building missions uh, in spite of us um, having invested 20 years and uh, and a, and a very large number of uh, resources, uh, uh, men and women, the servicing and uh, and financial resources, and we need we need to contemplate what 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 happened. Uh, and um, the uh, the EU is uh, elaborating a strategic compass. NATO is now uh, elaborating a new strategic concept, and and so I think these are occasions where. We, we owe it to ourselves to think about uh, the implications of, of this failure. Um, I think um, we, um, we will not be leaving Afghanistan. Uh, we, we tend to think that we will, uh, that uh, traumatizing as it was, now we, uh, we're in a new era. We're, we're looking at uh, China and uh, sort of the, the big pivot and uh, the Indo-Pacific. Um, but uh, we, I think, uh, so that's another reason for c- contemplating what, what went wrong in Afghanistan is I think we'll be back uh, and before we know it. And it's certainly uh, from a European perspective, because uh, if, as, a, as I consider likely, uh, if at 
degree of civil war breaks out in Afghanistan, we will have refugee flows and we will have a very large uh, drug economy uh, impacting on us. And that will be of our concern. And we, we need to uh, anticipate that we will have to deal with that. And then possibly there will also be terrorism come out, uh, coming out of Afghanistan. And, um, and I think this, this speaks to one of the other issues that, that you, you, uh, you mentioned, namely, um, the, the nature of the transatlantic relationship, uh, now that we have President Biden. Uh, we had a, we had a brief honeymoon, uh, with Biden coming in and saying America is back and, uh, and, uh, what united us, uh, are our values and our shared, uh, commitment to democracy. And so that was a good moment. Um, but what we have seen since then is that it has become very quickly, uh, uh, we're, we're back to normal. Uh, it, it's difficult. It's difficult to translate, uh, this uh, high moment of, of value sharing into, into, uh, daily practice. And Afghanistan will affect Europe in a different way than the United States. And this feeds into the debate on what does it mean to have European autonomy or European sovereignty? Um, and I think this is one of the issues we need to work more uh, stringently on because we cannot, we cannot uh, say that it's, it's contrary to the transatlantic relationship and so try to close the debate because Europe will need to deal with refugee flows and the drug economy as it impacts Europe. And so getting the European autonomy debate uh, down to a level where we can manage it so that it doesn't become the EU versus the US. Uh, that will be uh, very detrimental to us, uh, be it in Europe or in North America. So we, we need to, um, uh, again, uh, as, as a lesson from, uh, from Afghanistan, be more practical about how we can uh, maintain a degree of division of labor and yet be partners. Uh, and I think this is uh, what we have to look out for in the, in the coming year. Thank you very much. There are a couple of really good points. There is strategic compass for Europe. So Europe is always, always looking for direction, a little bit lost. Then mm -hmm. the United States and NATO also works on a strategic concept or direction or priorities from year to year, or at least when administration in Washington, they see changes. And then there is the question of the relationship between Europe and the United States. And Trump started with America first, something that was existing before the Second World War, American committee that was against American engagements uh, in into European or global affairs, mm -hmm. against any kind of alliances and security pacts and guarantees to the other countries. And now we are in the situation that uh, uh, Afghanistan at some point is uniting us. Uh, probably in the future we'll be back if the void will be filled probably by Russia or China, we don't know that, mm -hmm. but definitely there's a geopolitical bout mm -hmm. and uh, rivals can abuse this uh, vacuum or emptiness uh, of the Western uh, presence. But definitely Europe has to beep up uh, the capabilities, the possibility to be equal partner for the United States in the security cooperation. And then, as you said, like President Biden came in his office with some kind of a euphoria, which was a relief. Trump is out and he does not, doesn't have access to the nuclear codes probably now. And, uh, now they are in the hands of the, uh, democratic president, uh, president Biden, uh, namely. But then 
he came out with really uh, strong, uh, strongly voiced uh, euphoria, saying like at the Munich uh, Security Conference, we will take care of all our allies from Rome to Riga. And it, it, it felt like he will fix all of our problems <coughs> and unite Europe uh, mm-hmm. against common challenges for Europe, Russia, especially for Central Eastern Europe, but then also for the United States, China. But recently, he also, the United States and, 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 and the UK, leaving the European Union, and, and uh, Australia, they ca- came up with this AUKUS deal and mm-hmm. the submarine uh, uh, procurement shift from France uh, uh, in favor of the Anglo-Saxon military industrial complex and for the alliance that actually separates Europe from France in relations with China. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Americans have always urged for Europe to be a part of this uh, Chinese malicious influence containment. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on these? Like, practically... The Americans are doing something else, but vocally they are asking for the Europeans to be equal partners and, and look the same direction, use the same compass to address common challenges. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this coherence and then also divergence at the same time? I think it, it goes to show what a challenge China is because it is, there's a, it's, it's different geography and it's a different, um, uh, range of, of, of challenges. It, it goes into obviously trade and investment and, uh, and, uh, a big technology, technology, uh, challenge is embedded here. Um, I think so it's challenging and it has been challenging for, 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 for NATO as an alliance, which since uh, 2019 has decided we need to develop a China policy. And then they spent the better part of two years getting ready to deal with a China policy. So we don't, still don't know what the China policy is. And uh, NATO is not at the point where they, um, they're ready to, to designate China as something, a challenge or a rival. Or, they're not there yet. So it, it's clearly it's challenging. And I, 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 we see this also, as you say, in, in American policy, where, um, where, you know, very regrettably under the Trump presidency, uh, um, he, um, President Trump tried to split NATO and the EU on these issues and punish the EU because he saw that as a trade adversary. Um, and then enter bilateral deals with China. And then the EU started doing the same thing. And then we have division in operation. Uh, the Biden presidency promised to do things differently, but ended up doing sort of the same thing. Uh, and ACUS is one example of this, um, really in a, in a, in a, in a major way, um, offending France. And, uh, that obviously is detrimental to an Indo-Pacific policy because France is, uh, with Britain, one of the two countries that can really be there and, uh, underpin U.S. Uh, efforts. And I think the American administration has been, uh, I mean, they, they, I think they have acknowledged that they, they did a misstep here and they, they have been very present in Paris uh, at a senior level uh, since then to, to repair relations. Uh, so that's positive. Um, but, um, we, um, we, we see, we see the, the, the challenge of developing coherent alliance policy, um, we see that not only on ACUS, but also on, uh, on, on energy imports from Russia, where you know, they wanted to punish 
the North Stream uh, connection between Germany and Russia, but then they allowed it in the process of fending the Eastern European allies who, who were against it. Uh, there was the withdrawal from Kabul, which was uh, uncoordinated. Um, and and so um, I think it's, it, it, it goes for all allies that if, uh, if, if the alliance, if NATO is to have a meaningful China policy, they, everyone needs to up their level of consultation. Because uh, without consultation, we will be caught in, in, uh, in, in the reasoning of individual capitals. And we will always then run into misunderstandings or mishaps. And then we will not get an effective China policy. And um, hopefully it can be done. But I think the signs are not overwhelmingly encouraging. Mm -hmm. And that there's work to be done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm struck by what the reflection group, which was sort of a a think group that uh, through 2020 reflected on NATO's state of affairs, they came out and said the one thing that the alliance really does need is a lot more consultation. And uh, I think that events since then have, has, uh, has uh, validated that conclusion. Thank you very much. That's a really good point. Uh, all your points and ideas are, I think, very valid and up to date. And it kind of like uh, triggered some of the ideas I have borrowed from the past. Michael Mandelbaum was really critical about the United States spoiling the relationship with major powers. Uh, by defending the small ones. Mm-hmm. But then um, at some point, uh, especially since 2014, he changed his opinion. He argued for the new containment where even the small countries like the Baltic states uh, are uh, the ACE test for the United States and the transatlantic European solidarity. So we cannot leave uh, allies behind. We have to act as one. Mm-hmm. But we have to act uh, for the sake of triple containment to contain Iran in terms of the nuclear bomb mm-hmm. and to contain Russia, especially against Central Eastern Europe and former Soviet territories mm-hmm. and also uh, China differently like Belt and Road Initiative and mm-hmm. uh, communist interests uh, overflowing Europe and, and Eurasia, which was characterized by the, as a grand chessboard mm-hmm. by Zbigniew Brzezinski. Do you think Europe and the United States both are they ready uh, to take up the task? Uh, are they unified, coherent enough and capable enough? Or we have already lost the fight against the, the, the uh, ostensible adversaries, especially the Russian China. I think, I think the alliance, the transatlantic alliance is, is not in a bad place. Uh, it has a lot of capital. There's a lot of willingness to make this work. And um, the way European security is set up is that it's it's founded on a large NATO, the enlarged NATO that goes you know from the Baltic states down to uh, Romania, Bulgaria, and so forth. That's the foundation for European security, and that's also the foundation for European Union integration and cooperation. Um, and uh, you know, political leaders they realize this, and they they realize that if we pull the rug on this one. Who knows what will happen? And 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 uh, they're not going down that road. Um, and so um, there, there's another big asset for, for NATO, which is um, which is Russia, and uh, and it is still a unifying factor. It's it's um, 
It may be a declining power, but it has a lot of disrupted potential in addition to its nuclear weapons and obvious uh, military power as well. Um, and, and so that continues to be a, I would say, the main concern when we, when we do a threat analysis for NATO. Mm-hmm. It's Russia. And uh, I, 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 I take note of how strongly Britain has reacted to some of the Russian actions and uh, <clears throat> is seeking to rally uh, the alliance behind it, <clears throat> even in the day and, and age of Brexit. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, there's capital for renewed investment in NATO. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, um, I, 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 um, I totally follow you on the, the difficulty of managing new threats, uh, mm-hmm. new risks, uh, Iran, I, I think they'll continue to see not eye to eye on Iran. I mm-hmm. don't think President Biden will be able to roll back sanctions. So I don't think the United States will get back into JCPOA. Mm-hmm. So they will have to be creative. Um, and, and on China, as we, we talked about, um, this will challenge, this is challenging NATO and it, it, it will be a, an issue for the EU and the US. And that's going to be new mm-hmm. because their trade and foreign uh, direct investment uh, talks and their uh, technology investment coordination uh, will involve the EU and the US. And that's, that's going, going to have very distinct security implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that type of security consultation is new to the partners, mm-hmm. the allies and uh, but, but, you know, given, given, you know, what I think they had as capital, I, I think they will be able to pull, pull through on that. But it probably won't always be very pretty. Thank you very much. I think it's like, I was thinking about the last and the next question. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, are you reading my mind or what? Because you touched upon technology, innovation and capacity and capabilities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, Russia, for example, uh, uh, declining power. Uh, descending power, I wouldn't like uh, to see Russia failing because it will be a disaster for Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would always love to see Russia benevolent, benevolent and cooperative mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. Europe. And mm-hmm. then uh, we can basically place also, especially the Central Eastern Europe on the same stance because mm-hmm. it doesn't really uh, depend on us. Mm-hmm. We cannot change Russia, uh, the small Baltic states. What can they do to change the foreign and security policy of the Russian Federation? Nothing. Uh, but then when it comes to research and innovation, Russia has ostensibly stated that they want to build this Eurasia union with China. Mm-hmm. And China has invested a lot in uh, uh, technology, artificial intelligence. In Russia, there are superb cybersecurity experts. <clears throat> and really, we are talking about new novel warfare, hybrid challenges and other, uh, other security challenges for us, for Europeans and, and Americans. Do you think we are opt? Uh, equal partner, or China is already leading the technological game. Uh, have we already lost? I don't, I don't think we have lost uh, at all. I think we tend to uh, be impressed by China, as mm-hmm. we rightly should be. Um, but we, uh, as we become impressed by China, we, I think, tend to underestimate the level of technological innovation that our economies possess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I take note of the fact that uh, that the U.S. Congress is ahead of Europe in in its desire to reinvest in basic research uh, and thus re-energizing the economy for 
new technological leaps because this this will define the frontier of the competition with China. And um, I think we Europeans have a bit of work cut out for us there because the way we set up uh, basic research funds in the EU, where we challenge money into it, but we we tend to want these days we want it to be very applied. So it should lead to growth and employment tomorrow. But that's not how you do basic research, and certainly not if you want to compete with someone like China. So we need to reorient ourselves towards more basic research in Europe. Uh, also because we are we don't have the same scale of economy as the United States, and we see this, you know, the big tech, tech companies, they're American. And, uh, and we want to think about how we in Europe uh, gain voice to our own economic interests and layer that into a transatlantic relationship. The danger for the relationship is that Europe does not succeed in this because then it becomes an imbalanced relationship between the US and Europe, pregnant with a lot of frustrations, and then it won't work. And, uh, and, and so, uh, there's, there's a definite common interest in, uh, in, uh, going back to, to investing in and moving the, the technology, technology frontier together. Mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be key to the alliance as we move forward. Thank you very much. And I think, uh, uh, ending with this, uh, good positive note that Europe has to reorganize itself, mm-hmm. learn something from Congress and Congress can learn something beneficial. Uh, from Europeans mm-hmm. too. Uh, therefore, we can uh, cooperate and move uh, ahead uh, to meet the challenges uh, of tomorrow. Yes. Thank you very much. We were together with Professor Stent Reining from uh, University of South Denmark and also Senior Fellow uh, at the Danish Institute for Advanced uh, uh, Studies. Thank you very much, Stent. Thank you. It was a pleasure.